All right, guys, we're back for episode number six. What have you been up to, Dave? Well, what have you been up to, Adrian? You been out on the water? Um, yeah, I went on Friday, I think, did I? Yeah, you went on Friday, yeah. and then you had the glamour condition. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I, I um, launched the um, tinny from Flinders. So, How'd that go for you? Well, it was really good. It was really smooth and... Easy going. So here's a picture of my car getting all rusty. So um, if anyone wants a black Ford Ranger Wild Track, uh, only <laughs> driven on the highway, mint condition, um, should be up for sale soon. Uh, I would not worry about that image. It's misleading. Um, uh, as you can see, there's quite a clear gap. Plenty of <laughs> plenty of clearance there. Yeah. There is no way any water has touched the car. No, no chance. <laughs> so you launched your tinny. Your little renegade down at Flinders. Yep. With a full rack of 50 wide game reels out to chase Juna. And uh, I believe you came up with a new launching technique. Yeah. Yeah. So I obviously just rammed it in there and I dropped the motor guide down and autopiloted it. Um, Just spot locked it and. So the boat drove itself. Yeah, basically. It drove itself. I'll. Find a little clip for you, but... Weren't you worried it might just go absolutely haywire and drive itself off into the current and disappear forever? I've, I actually had never tested the spotlight without me being in the boat before. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, she'll be right. I think it's got signal. Um, made that noise like it was spotlocked and I just pressed it and prayed that it would stay in the same spot. Because I left it, you know, about 20 metres from the shoreline. Did you? Yeah. Um, and I had to park the car and stuff. So it was, it was in the water by itself for a good 10 minutes. Was, any, was anyone else there? Were they impressed? Did you feel like an absolute <laughs> expert level ramp launcher? Yeah, yeah, I did actually because there was a couple of old geezers <laughs> walking along the pier and watching what I was doing. And like, I'll, I'll show you a quick little video of what happened here. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I don't know if I got sound on. Oh. There you go. Here we go. Good girl. <laughs> yeah, so I just like brought it back to myself with the remote and yeah, made life a lot easier instead of tying it to the pier and bashing against things and getting tangled in squid jigs. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, electric motors are actually becoming real popular and um, with that spot lock feature amongst other things, they're um, starting to become um more of a replacement for an anchor than anything yeah exactly right i would actually use it um if i ever wanted to fish for whiting um (laughs) (laughs) i would actually use that as an anchor because you can actually there's actual shift function where you can move like five ten meters at a time oh that's yeah that's real good yeah so if you wanted to keep following the whiting to different holes and stuff you could just shift it over a bit yeah Yeah, so potentially instead of getting an anchor winch you could just get the um, electric, which is probably a little bit more expensive, but not overly, um, unless you just get both like you do. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'll just get both like I do. Look, honestly, because I had to weld aluminium um, anchor well and stuff, they're probably on par on price. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, so, but I've got double the goodness now. <laughs> yeah, well, enough of boring anchor chat. Yeah. What actually happened... Once you got out there, how'd you go? What were you doing? Um, well, it start, 
to start my day off, I went to Seven Eleven, and that's where it went downhill. <laughs> <laughs> I um, ordered my coffee and sandwiches and everything, and I placed it on the table to pay. Um, and the coffee is supposed to be self serve at Seven Eleven. Yep. Are you that arrogant that you force the man to make you a coffee? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you there. <laughs> <laughs> Cappuccino of none, thanks No, but I placed it on the counter to pay for it And I'm like, oh, I need a bag for all this other stuff I got like, I had sandwiches, water and whatever else And he gave me the bag and I'd knocked the coffee all over the counter um, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that is totally something I'd do Yeah, but, yeah so he just chucked a paper towel And I just kind of creeped out of the store And It's that awkward moment where you're like <laughs> You pretend that you're willing to wipe it up for him, but really you're waiting for him to say, don't worry about it, mate, I'll sort it out, so you can just make your getaway. Well, we didn't even get to that stage. He just chucked the <laughs> towel on and <laughs> and I just basically, um, yeah, walked out backwards and through the uh, automatic doors and straight to my car. But because I had ice, I knew I had to go back in there mm. um, with the key. But... What happened is I had my coffee and all the bags and I placed it on the um, roller track on my car. Now it's got an auto roller track. And mm. I went to the ice um, fridge and grabbed some ice out of the fridge. And when I went to my car, I went to unlock it and I pressed the auto roller door function. So you spilt it twice? Yes, it went all <laughs> over my car. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, that's not a great start. No, I didn't think it was. But from there onwards, it went pretty smooth. Obviously, I launched... Um, Apart from the not catching things. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the end of the story. Expected. I didn't catch. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but I did see another little small boat there full of 50 wides. Which one was that? That was um, the G-Spot Lure Man. Oh. Yeah. He was down there. Uh, Stephen, I think. Yeah. I can't I remember his name, but he was so nice to me. He gave me a popper. And some hooks and some split rings and everything. That is nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's given yeah. me some um, stick baits and stuff as well. Yeah. So he had a little, like, I think it was like a little 20 horsepower tiller thing or something. Two stroke thing. He was pulling in the water. So it was the day of the tiny boats out there. Yes, it was. It was calm. Yeah. And that was um, the first day everyone was allowed out of lockdown. So it was a lot of boats out there. Yes, for sure. For sure. Um, so you didn't. So you, you were chasing the big southern bluefin that have been getting around out of our ports. Yeah, hundred kilo dogs, hundred and forty kilo dogs. I think they are. We know you didn't get one. No. But did you come close? Did you see anything cool? Look, honestly, there was lots of bait out there that looked like there'd be tuna hanging around because there's whales, um, dolphins, seals, gannets, terns, mutton birds, but. Basically, just giant meatballs everywhere. and So it looked pretty good then. Yeah, you know, it's good. Like, it, there's bait for miles and miles. And you, I think you just had to be in the right place at the right time to get that hook up. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely been like that. It's been a, a, a lottery, 100% yeah. a lottery. Um, but yeah, so you went out, and then I couldn't go out that day, but I could go out the next day. Only problem was it was uh, blowing its absolute boobies off. Yeah, you it went was, in the wind again. Yeah, so you, it was about... You tw- panicked. I didn't panic. I, I actually believe you went out in the wind because uh, an old friend of ours, 
the Gopals went out as soon as I came in and decided they'll just throw lures randomly out in uh, the western entrance there. And well, that's not why I went out, but yeah, that did happen. So <laughs> Greg Gopal and his son Philip, who um, live just down the road from me, um, and used to fish with us quite a lot. Um, he went out in his five and a half meter signature, Hain signature, with his son Philip, and I'm pretty sure they just rolled out at like one pm um, after there'd been a whole fleet of boats out there all day churning the water to foam trying to catch a tuna. Yep, that and, was me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Gopal and Gopal, we call him Gopal because that's his last name. Skeletor. Yep. So Gopal and Mini Gopal went out and uh, deployed a spread of lures and uh, went off on his uh, own little tangent and they had a triple hookup. Well, they had a double hookup and I think they had another one that just, another one hit a lure but didn't hook up. So wow, they had three bites. They they almost had a triple hookup. I didn't almost know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's insane fishing. Especially when you've just gone out for a little Arvo troll around the uh, entrance of Westernport. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, young Phil um, was on the rod, I believe. And it shows a picture, Dave. Yeah, honest. so whack it up. Got one up there for Oh, you. wow. That's, and it's not just a, a barrel or a, a big tuna. It was 142 kilo. It's, like, it's an absolute animal. Wow, man. 140 kilo from Stony Point. Yeah. So great work, Gopals, and good work, Phil. You won't forget that one in a hurry. Uh, that is a very... Very cherished capture. There was so. another story like that too. I think it was this guy went out for his first time going for tuna and he got a, I think it was 120 something kilo as well. Yeah, his that was first, the same day. Yeah, his first ever tuna. Can you believe that? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck to him. I mean, I've never caught a tuna before, like a big one. A big one. Yeah. Yeah. Caught hundreds of the little ones, but. Yeah, yet to catch a hundred plus kilo one. No, you've been very unlucky. Yeah, you've been like a repellent. Yeah, like there's, there's been times, there's been quite a lot of times where I've gone, and you haven't been able to make it, and we've got them, and then you'll come the next time, and we don't get them. Yeah. So I'm basically a tuna repellent. Yeah, a big tuna repellent. We've had bites and stuff, but anyway, we'll keep at it, Adrian. We won't give up. No. Nah. I'll, I'll, I'll keep trying in the little tinny because that would be impressive capture. Yeah, broken. that would be cool. I don't even think I'd get it in the boat. You'd have to just tow it in, I think. No, you would because the boat's so low to the water anyway. <laughs> so when you're pulling the fish in, it half sort of like flips the boat to the point where the water's nearly coming in. Then you just slide the fish in. True, true. That's yeah. a legit thing. Yeah. Like uh, that is actually a helpful yeah. feature of the boat. For sure. It's built that way on purpose. <laughs> Yeah. So look forward to seeing that. Actually, I, I want to be there for that. So, Well, I, I tried my guts out um, last Friday and there was a couple caught. I yep. think two. You were in the zone. Yeah. I was just not in the right place at the right time. So I did a lot better than you did. Yes. So Dave went out um, the next day in I think about 25, 30 knot winds and I think uh, he had to hug the um, shallows along the uh, Phillip Island coastline there to actually get out because if you tried to go out in the um, main channel, there was no chance. Yeah, well, it was actually horrible. 
even trying to hug the coastline, to be honest. <laughs> Remember we did that in my little tinny as well? Yeah. And I kept trying to venture out into the current. <laughs> yeah, except this was uh, probably about three times as bad as that. Yeah. But anyway, I worked all day in the rough on my own and uh, eventually it really paid off when I got connected to this absolute brute. Yeah, I got one. Disappointment in your voice. (laughs) You can hear how thrilled I was. Oh, yes. Those salmon out there in 60 metres of water, like have a look at my depth sounder. That is chock-a-block salmon right through the water column and they had birds all over the top of them. How deep is that? That's 60 metres. 60 metres and you had KYs down there. What's a KY? Oh, a A Kawai. Kahawai. Yeah, basically. We call them KYs. Yeah, they were everywhere. That bird, like, and that's a ten-inch lure. Um, so yeah, anyway, ecstatic with that. So got the job done. Um, nobody specified what kind of large fish I had to troll up, and uh, I believe I got the job done. Yeah, yeah, no, you did. You <laughs> did, mate. You really got it done. Because I believe well, um, this weekend coming up would normally be tea tree. So, well, tea tea tree is a snapper competition that used to be run every November. Uh, in Victoria, and it was like the biggest thing in the world. Like you'd have so many boats out over the weekend, but um, it hasn't been run for a couple of years. But um, I believe that you're just going to go ahead and fish your own tea tree Oh, yeah, like I'm the only competitor in my own tea tree um, snapper competition, <laughs> so I've only got to catch one fish to win it. You, um, might, you might actually win. <laughs> well, well, I think it's quite windy Saturday night, but you know what? The big fish come out in the wind sometimes, so I'm doing it. Sometimes. I actually did go snapper fishing on uh, Friday night. So did I snapper fished till like midnight and then I went out on the tuna in the morning. So so um, you went hardcore <laughs> fishing over the weekend? I did. Wow. I did. So what happened on your snapper trip? Was it a charter, was it? Well, it wasn't. No, it wasn't a charter. But we had, I had Suraj aboard who we discussed last week, our little mate. And, um, yeah, he came out and... He brought like the biggest pot of goat biryani curry in the world. Oh man, I love biryani. Oh, it was so good. So it was literally just an eating trip. But um, yeah, I thought we'd uh, probably get a few snapper, but we had like all these electrical storms and lightning going on all around us. <laughs> um, first ruck of rods, we got a snapper. And then um, after that, she went pretty dead till the end of that tide. And then I moved up to another spot. And then um, like some storm front hit us and there was literally about 35, 40 knots of wind on the nose of the boat. Oh, wow. So you, you basically could have had backwards tide there. Well, lucky I had a, I had the tide going the right way with the wind. Yep, but, that's um, good. Yeah, it was still pretty crappy and, yeah, for some reason the fish weren't biting. So long story short, only the one snapper for that trip. Oh, well, at least you didn't get a big donut. Yeah. You, you know it's windy when um, you got rods in the rocket launcher. And the braid's just humming like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's not, not the way that I was. Uh, th- that's not how I noted the wind. I noted the wind because there was large white caps rolling past the side of the boat <laughs> as we pitched and rolled at, on large angles. Oh, man. So. Lucky you were in the eating craft. Yeah. No, nah, she's a comfy boat. Yeah. But apparently. We have a man on the ground out there right now, Adrian. Oh, do you reckon he's catching snapper? No, probably not. Oh, well, I'll try to call him. So 
you keep trying to talk to the camera here and I'll try to dial him. Yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, Winger is out there right now with Dave Meehan, head honcho of Mercury, I believe. So they've made the run out after work. Brendan went out last night as well and apparently I don't think he got a snapper, did he, Adrian? I don't think so. He wouldn't want me to tell you guys that, but he had a tough trip last night and then he's gone out again today and we haven't really had much of an update, but um, hopefully today's trip goes better. He doesn't seem to be answering the phone, Adrian. No, he does this a lot. He he, uh, disappoints us sometimes. Honestly, that is the last straw. (laughs) (laughs) No no more Brendan on the show. That is infuriating. You line him up. And he just ignores your calls. Well. And I know it's not because he was changing baits because he doesn't do that. <laughs> he's literally can't be doing anything but sitting in the chair ordering, ordering Dave Meehan around. Oh, he's out with uh, the man, Dave Meehan, the Mercury man. Yeah. Wow. So, oh, but it doesn't matter who you are. You're not immune. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't know what his excuse is there because we all know that he wasn't busy fishing. <laughs> Unless there was like a double hookup. Uh, or unless he's fighting an eagle ray, because I believe he went out the other night and uh, eagle ray punished him, and he basically quit and went in to the ramp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he fished half the tide, apparently. Uh, all right, well maybe he'll call us back, and I don't even know if I want to answer his call anymore. I'm so annoyed, but we'll probably just move on, I guess, Adrian. Oh well, yeah. Well, I'm still gonna talk about my tea tree snapper thing because. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm going to camp out in Western Port this weekend on Saturday night and I'm going to try and get a big dog. Oh, yeah. Yep. The big, big dog. So you're going to, how many hours do you plan on being on the water? Well, I think I'll go Saturday Arvo and fish maybe three tides straight and um, empty your freezer full of bait because I know you got <laughs> freezer. <laughs> you got... Lots of bait in the freezer there. There's not lots. <laughs> and I'm going to empty that out and fish three tides and catch a lot of rays, I believe. Yeah, oh, that's all right. I know you'll replace them, won't you? Yep. Well, yep, I'm definitely going to replace them. I'm going out Sunday just to replenish him. I'm going to have to put a lock on my freezer, I reckon, and hide the keys to the garage because this is just going to get out of control. Yep. Are we trying Brendan again? Yeah, yeah. 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 I think so. Here he is. We got him here. It's the man, hey. Brendan himself. You're a wanker, mate. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Who do you think you are? Uh, when uh, we say we're going to call, you you stand by that phone and you answer. No. <laughs> I, I was. He was, guys. But it didn't, it didn't buzz or anything. Okay, yeah, well, so uh, we we got you live on Western Port here. Yeah, this is cool. Um, what have you been catching and who you what? with? Oh, I'll show you who I'm with. Uh, oh, no, that's Mr. Mercury himself. Say good day, Mr. Mercury. Hi, Dave. Hello, Dave. Good, hey, Dave. Dave. <laughs> There's Dave, three Daves Dave, on the show, um, apparently. Asked me out fishing, so I said, yeah, okay, I'd love to come fishing and relax. Yeah, that's what I said. I said there's no way you missed our call because you were actually doing things. What is that? 
I don't even know. What's that? <laughs> he's got a he's got a chicken egg in he's his eating hand. It. Uh, it's hard-boiled eggs. Hard-boiled eggs. Yeah. Oh, apparently we have hard-boiled eggs. Did Adrian lay that? <laughs> <laughs> so you're out snapper fishing. What's ha- what's happening? Have you caught him? No. No. So what have you guys been talking about tonight? Can I get me up to speed? What's been happening in there? Well, we spoke about um, Philip's triumph, how he's now oh, yeah. the uh, new lord of Westernport here. Um, the king. Yep, yep the yep. king of Westernport. He's overtaken yourself, I believe. Um, and then we've just been awkwardly padding for time, waiting for you to answer your phone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to talk about. What do you want? I can talk, I, see, the thing is I can talk about anything. You know that, right? Yeah. So you just pick a subject and we go on there. Well, what you got? before that, can you give us a fishing update? What's happening? Oh. What would you like to know? Though? Would you like an overall thing or just something from my perspective right now? No, I want to know what you've, what's happened since you've been on the water today. Look, look, Brendan, you're live on the port right now. What are you doing right now? Are you catching? You got any bycatch or what's going on? All right. Okay, so what's happening is, all right, I'll get you. We've got snapper rod. you see this? <laughs> snapper on. <laughs> Sorry, snapper on. I'll turn this around. Yeah. So we've got snapper rod and snapper rod. Wingers, giant snapper rod. <laughs> snapper rod. Um, and the, the rod tips are all squizzling and snizzling, right? I said to Dave, so freaking pesky, stupid, annoying whiting again, right? Yep. So what are these, do you reckon? Oh, no. He's trying to catch meat. He's trying to catch <laughs> meat and little whiting because he wants to, buy, wants to catch food. So, mm. look, what's happened is Stony Point's just over here. Yep. In the background there. Yep. And Boy 25 right there. Boy 25. Everyone write that down in your journals. Boy 25, Brendan's there. So this is called the runway. So we're right next to Boy 25. Now, we filmed a good Ufish TV here, me and Joe Fernand, about seven years ago. It was an afternoon like this. We came out after work on a running tide. We sound up some arches. I said today, let's go and have a look there because it's only an hour till the tide change. So we haven't got time to go looking around and go to anywhere we want because the tide was starting to slow down. You want to, don't want to miss that tide change. Would you believe we came here and we started, I don't know, anchoring level with the, with the boy. Within 300 metres, huge big arches, big red stacks of fish. I said, Dave, the problem is, though, they're all stacked together like a school. So I said, they're probably not feeding, but, hey, we're only on now. Let's just put some rods out. Nothing's absolutely happened, but... Mm. So you had like a Christmas tree kind of scenario happening. Kind of, no. They were just like a flat school of about five fish, big fish. Yep. They're all meteries. They were bright red. Yep. Bright red on the on, on the, the Simrad. Simrad, yep. You should take so, Dave uh, to the actual snapper sorts. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's your... Well, yep. well, so the history for me in this part here, this is the channel here, a lot of snapping caught in the week leading up to tea tree, which is now, well, what it would have been tea tree. Mm. But I always, always get away from those fish and come and sit over in the shallows. Hey, you catch a lot less fish, but I'm, I'm always dreaming, and probably never going to happen, but I'm always dreaming and hoping that a big big dog jumps on, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, we're overdue. Yeah. Oh, the runway's I famous think- for um the big snapper this time of year. Like, There's always 20-pounders that get caught in the uh, tea tree in that area, so you're a chance. Yeah, I saw Charlie well, Mikulov caught one there once. <laughs> yeah, Charlie Mikulov and I, yeah, Charlie got one. Yeah, I took, went it in for him, though. Yeah, he boat. took you there. Yep, I remember. Yeah. So, as you can see, we're running squid strips. 
Yeah. Dave's like that. Actually, Dave's looks like, like a plucky. I mean, have a look at the size of that squid that must have been. I mean, I'll shorten them. So that was that was half, twice that length. I cut it in half. So Ooh. it was like the sixty centimeter hood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> New record, 60-centimetre hood. Just casually put that out there. No, Dave's like, why do you um, not run squid rings? And I said, well, squid rings are, like, convenient and they're good, particularly at night. They're compact. They get good hookups. But in my opinion, they're better for school fish and night fishing. In daylight, when the water's got visibility and you're targeting that fish of a lifetime, he's got brains. I want the bait to look a little bit better than a squid ring. So the squid fish present like a long, skinny, uh, white something. Eel. I don't know what it is. <laughs> An eel, a sand eel. But I don't know what they see in it, but history has proven over and over again from back in the days that the squid strip was dynamite for big red in daylight. So that, that's me. That's how I think about it. So you've gone old school. Old school. Twin, twin five-os. Um, Warren Carter and Mark Sheen. I think Mark Mark Sheen taught Warren. Warren showed me. Um, yeah, and we've caught some big fish on them over the years. Mm. When, when it comes to nighttime, though, we'll probably go down to you know squid heads, and uh, I don't mind on squid heads now. Yep. Did you get fresh squid? Did you? What? Sorry. Did you actually catch some fresh squid? No, no, that was yesterday, last night's one. Okay. That big dog. Yep. Yep. That was about forty-six, Megadog. wasn't it? Mega dog. Yep. Love a not, good as big as, not as big as we've seen them, but, you know, right up there. A 4.6 ear. <laughs> nice. Have you got any um, fish? I don't, really, I don't really want to hear about the fishing. I want, to, I want some chicken updates. We've had requests for chicken updates. <laughs> oh, no. So what happened is we aired his chickens on, I think, podcast one, and the cancel called onto it because we're such a popular podcast. <laughs> and, and they um, demanded he... Send his chicken to a farm in Nyora. Well, Dave and Adrian, my roosters, all right, the black one's Adrian and the white big tall one that walks around strutting a lot, that's Dave. Why is the and, black one Adrian? Um, just a little and compact and nuggety. <laughs> like Adrian, dark hair, you know what I mean? Oh, dark skin, oh, like yeah. Adrian. <laughs> yeah. So... So we got a letter after that podcast, would you believe? We got a letter off, I mean, a phone call off the council saying we're coming to see you. Then they came and saw us and said, we have to neck our chickens if we don't find or get rid of them or find a home for them. So luckily, my old mate Snores, he took Dave and Adrian under his wing, so to speak. Pardon <laughs> the pun. And I get, I get daily updates from Snores on Dave and Adrian. They're really enjoying their new castle. And incidentally... They're living in a place called Nyora, which is on the other side of Western Port, and they're living in a wooden old house, a bed house on the back of his property that's officially the oldest house in Nyora. So they're living in a castle oh. with some history. Oh, they've done well then. All's, yeah. all's well that ends well. So I, I don't feel so bad about calling the council on you now. Well, <laughs> you know what? I've been thinking about that. Because there was one morning when they did go off at 5 in the morning and you were like, no, your chickens did wake me up this morning at 5 a.m. And then it was that same day that we got <laughs> notified by the council, Dave. I wasn't even sure whose chickens they were. I, I, roosters, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. 
<laughs> no, well, I think that's your problem, Brendan. Hang on, they're the, not chickens; they're roosters. The breed is well, chicken. Well, they're just man chickens. Yeah, they're man chickens. So I'm right. Well, so, rest assured, it wasn't me. So last night I fished with Dom, right? Oh, Dom. Um, He's the uh, yeah. young, controversial gun, isn't he? Yeah. He's, he's put some uh, gangster rap songs up on Instagram and really caused a stir, hasn't he? No muck. No <laughs> muck, mate. Well, when you fish with Dom, it's no muck, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's really pioneering the term. <laughs> so, when... when... <laughs> When, when we were coming out of Hastings, right? It was the shotgun that, noise. That, that's Sandstone Island, right? Yep. And it was high tide. And I said, Dom, we can go around the back of it, mate. We can go around the back of it on high tide. And he just wouldn't do it. He was absolutely chickening out. And I said, mate, let's do it. I do it all the time. High tide. This is our chance to film it. Go go live like a gangster, mate. You're going around the back of an island on high tide. <laughs> oh, no. What did you make him do? And he's panicking and he wouldn't do it. And I, I'll be honest, I've never done it either, but I wanted to think to do it. <laughs> I knew you hadn't. <laughs> I'm going to do it now, though. I'm going to make a point of it. Yeah. Better take Dave and take me master around the back there in a few minutes. Well, it doesn't matter if you snap the leg off his motor. He'll just get another one for free. Yeah. He's got him in stock at home. Yeah. What, what's Dave, man? What's he got on the market? Is there any new Mercury things happening or, or uh, same really? old boring stuff? Uh, there's plenty happening. There's so lots of secrets. Got a few things coming out next year, but we like secrets. What do we got? We just um, we just can't get enough of the ones that we've got. So mm. she's busy, busy at the moment. Well, you can tell us the secrets. We're not going to tell anyone. So <laughs> give it a whirl. So all all three hundred and six people will be. But we um <laughs> we will take this uh, moment to announce. That um, we are fitting a 600 horsepower Mercury to Brendan's tiller steer. There you go. I'm going to take you guys for a run in the 600. It's nearly fitted up. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. yeah. On to what? Tilly. Uh, it's, uh, it's not Tilly. <laughs> no, no, no. It's on to, we know how much you love ribs, a big rib. So I've actually seen the photos of it. I'm not allowed to tell you that I saw that though. But I saw so it. is it a white one or a black one? Black, black, black. rib. Black's, nice Black's a bit faster, new, isn't it? Nice brand new teak floor so we can take it squid fishing. Oh, oh nice. Wow. Oh, so is this a Mercury-owned vessel? Yeah, yeah. That, that sounds exciting. We will come. Yeah. We'll, we'll do a live podcast on the rig. I haven't been here yet, so. So you've had a big day at work selling Mercury's and that. You like you talking about Mercury's? Yes. <laughs> Check and just make it sure. I, I want to hear the rest of the Sandstone Island story. There you go. On. The what? The Sandstone, Sandstone Island story. Oh, I'm just. No, there was no story. It's just that I was actually prepared to risk his engine and that. Yeah, that's fair. Without actually knowing if it could be done. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to twist his arm and go, man, it's okay. That'll buy you a new one. <laughs> and, he, and you were like, no muck. And he thought no there was. Tom. He thought there was some levels of muck. Hey. Gangsters don't get scared of a bit of water. They're high tide, mate. Gangsters go round islands. That's what they do. Gangsters don't get scared of a, a little bit of water disappearing and forming dry land. Uh, no muck, mate. He always says no muck, so I want to see no muck next time. Did you actually um, purchase a no muck yellow hoodie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, probably the podcast is um, staying high. 
Um, I hope <laughs> delivered some quality content for you guys tonight. Yeah, we're enjoying it. We're enjoying it. Oh, well, is, is that all you've got for us? Well, well I never had anything in mind at all. When, no. when you're ready, just, I'm just, I was only relaxing with Dave. I was just hoping you'd get live hookups for us because you're in the start of the ebb tide and we're waiting for buckles and nothing's happening. And no, right on the tide change. It's right on the tide change now. We should be squitting. Oh, you um, should be squitting. Dave talked about his 600 horsepower engine. We can't get squitting now. <laughs> <laughs> you could go squitting. You could just run straight in there and do some laps of sandstone island and then head back out for the tide. Yeah. There you go. I've planned the rest of your day. It's a really, really high tide. I've got two metres of water behind it. What do you reckon, Dave? Yes or no? Yeah. If you go fast enough, you'll be drawing barely any water. No, but listen, listen. It's actually two metres of water behind there. There's actually a river behind there. Yeah. No, that's actually a really good whiting little channel up there. You can get a fair whiting up there, Dave. Yeah. Oh, Yes, that's how you draw him up there with the promise of. <laughs> no, but here's what we're going to do. When, when the 600s fitted up, I've been thinking about it. We're going to we're going to sit down the, the skipper of the boat, sitting down in a nice, comfortable environment somewhere in front of his boat, and we have a chat to him. I've got this new idea. Oh and, no! <laughs> and talking about the boat, right? We're going to run some real high quality slow mos of the boat. Yep. With some real modern, sedate music as it's going over the waves and getting airborne and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a winning formula. We should have yeah. a Mercury race. The V12 it, versus the uh, Pro XS. I'm going to call it the Admiral. The and, Admiral. Uh, it's going to be my new podcast. <laughs> the Admiral. So how's this? I booked... Um, I'm going to be called the Warlord. I booked the Pro XS in for a service today. Yeah. And guess when the wait time is? There. Oh. They were saying mid-Jan for a service. Actually, our Melbourne Marine Centre have chopped us out and fitted us in in a couple of weeks. But did they? Yeah. So Melbourne Marine did? They did, yeah. Well Spoke to a, a, a lovely chat that, chap there, and he actually listens to the podcast. Was it Andrew Stevens? No, but I believe he was consulted. Yeah, well, he's the man. Who was it you spoke to? Um, You're putting me on the spot because I've forgotten oh, the name. I asked him if it was Jamie, and he said no. And oh. yeah. yeah, he had no names for me at all. So yeah, I'm bad with names. I need to like say someone multiple times to remember. But anyway, they have chopped us out. But what I'm saying is, it's just an incredible, incredible amount of people have come out of lockdown and need to get their boats ship shape. And it's just uh, the the service times are really blowing out for everyone. I think. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. um, everyone's just going to void their warranties. How many hours have you done, Dave? Three undy. Mm. I'm already up to 85 of my little 50. That's got to go. It's, it's not a contest. <laughs> I think Brendan's done like 400 hours of no service, so he's done well. <laughs> it's 500 hours, but um, I haven't used it for like a year, really. And when we got back from Whit Sundays, we didn't use it for like eight months. Mm. So still pretty low hours, really, given that she's three years old. Yeah, just just because you haven't really caught anything out of it doesn't mean it hasn't been getting run though. Nah, that's not that's not how you measure the level of usage, is it, Adrian? Nah, nah, not at all. It's well, by the hours on the clock, mate. Well, you will be interested to know it actually has caught some stuff out of it. Oh, it did catch a lovely marlin. It's caught some bluefin tuna. It's uh, it's caught some big reds. Yep. It's 
Big things. Actually, we're going to show the um, Marlin jumping on boat footage. After do, you, do, you, do you remember when we caught that Marlin right and we all had cameras filming it and we all thought that Marlin was trying to attack us individually and we all disagreed with each other? Oh, yeah. Brendan, I'm like, that was coming right for me. I was like, no, I was angling it and it's coming for me. And Brendan was <laughs> determined that it was going to kill him. <laughs> Unfortunately, it didn't. <laughs> he's, got, he's got nothing to say about it. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're... D- listen up. Listen up. Tie change. Yep. We're not going to get now. We've missed out now because we're talking too much. Mm. Sorry, Dave. We'll have to get your snapper for food. Yep. Is that all right, snapper? Fine, mate. All right. Um, I'm thinking, Dave, we've got a bit of an east-south-east happening here. I'm riding off the North Armour's dead. I've only heard of one person having great success here in like a week. <laughs> And I'm thinking, head over to Calimark. Get a bit of wind over the run out on sunset, what do you reckon? Yeah, well, I went there on Friday night and um, it sounded up pretty good. There was, I think it's been uh, firing because there was about 10 boats in there when I was in there. that area? Yep. And, we, and it's the only snappy any of us have caught this week was that one that night. Yeah. So, First rack of rods when I was on the phone to you. Well, okay. You're the only one that's fished about five times this week, Brendan, so you should know. What's oh, going no, on. he's getting another call. Yeah, yeah, actually... that. That. Oh. yeah. let's cut oh. him. <laughs> I'll so, um, so anyone wants to know where we're heading, talk about it if you, you can update them, but we're going to head over to basically Elizabeth Island. Elizabeth Island sort of across to New Haven Bridge, halfway in the middle there. Yeah. Like, yeah, so it's no longer called the San Remo Bridge; it's the New Haven Bridge, is it? Well, well, it connects to New Haven. The New Havenders <laughs> and the San Remians, theirs, and the Great Battle of 1982. <laughs> yes, when Adrian was young, was thrown off the pier, um, luckily holding onto a Chiagra. One thirty wide. All right, so no. And after that, it was the locals did establish it was the new the New Haven um, Bridge. Well, that, that, that's actually that's why they've rebuilt it because you know there was an old one there, and the ferocity of the battle they they met in the middle, and they absolutely went at each other, and they managed to blow a hole in the middle of it, so a new one had to be constructed. Oh, yeah. And that well, is you can take that to the bank. That's how it went down. So is that what those blue lines on that bridge mean? Yes. <laughs> What do the blue lines mean? I don't know. I thought that was the don't, divider of the new oh, Haven and the San Remians. So we, we officially got backwards tied. Nice. So what that means, guys, even though the lines look like they're going sort of out, then they go back out and around it. <laughs> and the mates are back here. So we've got what we call, officially call a backwards tide. Time to go. Time to go. So we're going to head over there. All right. Uh, I'll... I'll really try harder next time to have something positive and something interesting to talk about. Can can you ask Dave if he'll come on as a guest at some stage and talk us through the Merc range and all exciting things? Dave says yes. Dave, Dave. All right, then. All, all right. right. Yes. Very good. And and we're also going to talk about how we're going to put a 115 Pro Access and a 420 Renegade. Yes. We've got to get those uh, CPU codes. Yes, you know? those CPU codes. 
We've had real issues with pesky uh, motor ratings and build plates and max horsepower, yes, haven't we? Oh, yes. <laughs> What's put a numbs the 100 horsepower rating on a five-meter tuning? <laughs> like, like, my way, there'd be a 250 tiller on it, and I'm not even joking. I think we could engine at least the 150, and not even, not even... I think 150 would be fine. It'd be awesome. Yeah. You get a sore yeah, arm. <laughs> All right, we're going to let you guys move spots and do us proud. Well, good luck, yeah. Dave, and catching a snapper, and hopefully you get a big six-kilo one. And just remember, guys, no muck. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Chuck some squid rings on. Pop, pop. <laughs> no muck. <laughs> i up his snapper rod with my warning rod, Dave. Oh, that'll infuriate him. Yeah. Anyway, well, good do. luck hey, and look, goodbye. Everything told you, man. <laughs> told you. See you, boys. Well, that was interesting. That he, went um, off on, on some weird tangents. Yeah, I think it did. Well, hopefully uh, Brendan catches something. We need some footage. We yeah. Can't, we, can't, we can't make footage out of us trolling around the ocean and not catching anything, so we need someone to actually catch something. We do, we do. So what's your plans this weekend? Are you going to go out on the barrel tuna, the local barrel tuna again? Or? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, that's happening. In the wind? Maybe. It might be the only way because I think there'll be about a gazillion boats out there, won't there? Mm. It's just so hard locally because you, you just don't know where they're going to be at the time. It's like the school fish as well. Like, How many different spots did we find them? Yeah, well, they're virtually – I don't really know – Oh. Maybe it has happened. But pretty much when there's a big tuna caught out there, by the next day, they've moved again. So you almost need to keep moving one step ahead. Yep. So I'm going to... It's like they're heading uh, east. Yeah, I'm thinking about just checkmating them. Yep. And going out of Lake's entrance. (laughs) (laughs) All the way to Lake's. That's not a local tuna then, is it? Oh, it depends how far back you come. So we're talking about this... um, Yes. This marlin that we all thought attacked each other. So we'll um, go to the little clip here. Well, I'll give... Uh, uh, uh. Okay, never mind. Yeah, what were you going to say? Well, if you pause it, I think I'll give a little prelude. Yeah. So there was a really good marlin bite going on at Eden, New South Wales at this stage. And me, you and Brendan wanted to get one in the tinny. And That's right. And I had just broken my uh, right shoulder here and I said, no, I'm winding it in. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Selfish pig. So the style of fishing that was going on is called bait balling, where the marlin round up the slimy mackerel and the marlin and the seals work together to eat the bait. So you'll see absolute carnage in this video where there's like 50 boats just zooming around trying to catch the same bait ball and throw a bait on it. So, yeah, fire it up, Adrian. Oh, this is after we've already hooked up, actually, isn't it? Yeah, well, I'm going to go to a point where we were just pitching. So yep. I actually had broken my right shoulder like maybe two weeks before this video. So that's why Dave's pitching the bait and I wanted to be on the rod for some reason. I don't well, know why. I just We did. actually found that this boat was really good for this style of fishing because we just drove head first into the bait ball and pitched off the front. But you needed someone who knew what the boat was doing. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. instead of... Just going into neutral, the boat was still moving forward a lot. Mm. They weren't putting in reverse to stop the uh, motion of the boat. We did drift over some marlin. 
Yes. But anyway, I'm going to show how it all unfolded. So, as you can see, Dave's about to throw the bait. Yeah, he's just here. And the boat's still going forward. There's two under here. Back away. Yep. Just leave it, leave it. Leave it, leave it, leave it. Yeah. So Adrian's stripping the bait down He's into there. the bait ball. He's still there. There's our bait there. <gasps> He's, oh. got, He's got it. He's got it. He's got oh. Are you filming? Yeah. You see that? Just reverse, back slightly reverse. There he reverse is there. He's there it is. Just boat. casually under the boat. Well, reverse, reverse. He's still got it in his mouth. Still got him? How much tight? He's going to go under that boat. Yep. Yep, we're on. Yeah, there's a boat about 10 metres from us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm tight here on the uh, the old school Stella here. Do we pitch another? I thought it might be a good idea to hook a second one at that stage. Yeah, you did actually. You're like, oh, should I chuck another bait out? Um, you can do that on bait balls. You can but get it, multi hookups. But it got to a stage where um, the fish was really airborne and... It was basically coming straight for the boat, so I'm going to try find that footage here. Yeah. So am. the best thing about marlin fishing is the fish perform amazing acrobatics. And I think actually on the way to this trip, we were talking about what it would be like if the marlin jumped in the boat, and we even discussed how we'd prevent that <laughs> from happening. Well, we actually wanted it to jump in the boat because those videos go viral. and yeah. um, But it didn't actually happen, but we got close to it, I think. We got very close. It kind of got rebounded back into the sea. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to play the um, clip here so you guys can all see. We got volume there, Adrian? Yeah, we do. Epic. Oh. Oh, my God. Listen to that stellar sing. Crazy, crazy thing. I'm silly. Oh, get away from it. <laughs> Oh, get away from it! Oh, shit. Get away from oh, shit. it! Nah, you'll be. Oh, oh shit! I'm screaming Come like around. a banshee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we all had arguments um, later that night um, talking about this fish, and um, we all somehow thought that the fish was going for us individually. <laughs> we all wanted to be the ones that it was going to skewer. Yeah. And. I, to this day, swear it was coming straight at me, but everyone else seems to think it was coming straight at them. But anyway, luckily, it didn't get us. No, no. I, don't I actually think um, after that fish, like we had the leader and it broke off right at the boat. So that's class as a capture. Yeah. But we didn't get well, the money photoshopped, did we? Yeah, that'd be because when we were setting up at your factory, I wanted to put a better leader on there and everyone was like, nah, she'll be right, Dave. And then, yeah. <laughs> Every time that happens. <laughs> yes, we've lost kingfish like that. We've lost everything like Makos. That. Yeah. Oh, don't don't talk about the Mako story. Yeah. That was a big dog. Yeah. You can't, yeah. you can't she'll be right things. Lesson learned. It is the one percenters that get you the fish, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So we, yeah, not all our trips are uh, successes, are they? And last year on during the sword season, oh, no, this year, sorry. We, uh, we had an absolute shocker, didn't we? Oh, so I'll try to paint a picture here. We thought we would um, rewrite the uh, world and uh, have a fantastic fishing trip where we would deep drop for blue eye during the afternoon and 
have a success on the swordfish and but it yep. didn't actually happen like that did it dave no well i think the plan was the weather was supposed to be settling throughout the day so adrian came up with the plan that we'd launch it about 10 out of lakes entrance which is when the bar was supposed to be settling down as well because the tide was going to be flooding and then we'd cruise out there have a leisurely afternoon out probably whack a sword or two you know and then have yep. that on the boat and then we'd be able to drop for some uh, delicious deep sea creatures like blue eye but what actually happened was we arrived there put the boat in the water and we were confronted with a very wavy bar as you can see from this footage here yeah we actually um had to park the boat up and have a look at the bar because it looked quite big yeah we went towards the bar turned around about three times and then we went and parked the boat and walked up to get a really good look at it and as you can see here there's some pretty solid pressure waves pushing through well i vote no to that uh, i don't know what we're going to do we might go to cape conrad now up the road and launch there that water is coming out of the system way too quick with all the big floods yeah so we ended up going to Cape Condren and it was probably a bad decision wasn't it yeah well Cape Condren we actually did get the boat in easily yeah. but by the time we'd done all that it was probably 5 p.m or 4 p.m and it was still swelly and we pushed 85k out to sea uh doing probably a maximum of 25k an hour getting smashed oh yeah it was lumpy as hell it wasn't a good trip guys no um, and I looked behind, if you recall, you were down the back on the beanbag and I looked behind about a third of the way out looking at you like, are we seriously going to carry on? Yes, that's and right. And you didn't give me any, no, any like, I, 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 I couldn't get a reading off you, so I just kept going. Because we got to about the 100 metre mark before the drop off and um, I'm like, we're already out here. Let's just keep going. Yeah, <laughs> so we got slammed the whole way out there. We arrived right on, the, on dark and that's when... Things went really badly. We survived, we made it through the night, but here's a little video of the next morning and you can see how broken I am as I cruise back up to the canyon from where we've drifted the night before. So I'm motoring back up towards the canyon because we drifted during the night and um, you're about to see the look of a broken man. What were you actually doing here? I think I was out cold. Yeah. Here we go. Well, that was a horrible night. <laughs> Adrian and I don't really get seasick easily, but we were literally incapacitated as soon as that sun went down. It was a bit of a swell rolling, and that was just horrible. Even if we couldn't see the horizon, we were done. So, when we got out there that night before, um, we are all keen. We chucked a blue-eye bait out on the electric and the sun just dipped below the horizon and that's when it actually turned to shit. Like, we are vomiting everywhere. And <laughs> yeah, we had plans of having cook-ups and we literally could not even make our muscles cooperate with us to move. <laughs> and obviously we had no appetite because we were just going to throw it up again. Yeah. We literally just went into survival mode. Yeah. And it, was, and it got dark at like five and I just remember thinking, my God, there's so many hours of darkness left. But eventually the sun did come up. But by that stage the next day we were so wrecked it just was not an enjoyable day. And, of course, we didn't hook up either. 
Nah, no, we didn't even catch a blue eye. It was just a complete nah. write off of a trip. Um, it's a trip that you will forget and <laughs> learn, I guess. <laughs> well, we put the bait down for a blue eye when we got there that night, and then it and then it got dark, and we couldn't even like bring ourselves to get off our chair and like rebait it or check it or anything. We just left it out there, floating around in the night, and eventually, eventually it got just tangled as we went up the wall of the canyon, and we lost that whole rig anyway. So it was just an absolute fail of a trip. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I just wanted to bring up one of our absolute failures because it can appear as if every time we go fishing, we catch stuff. Does it appear that way? No, it doesn't. Everyone knows we suck. Oh, no, I catch all the time, (laughs) especially on the snapper. And we had that footage and that story and we were never going to make an episode of anything out of it because it was just a complete failure. So we thought we'd run through it. Yep. (laughs) No, that was definitely one of the biggest failures. Um in history that we've done but i'm sure a lot of people have tried that out there um decided they would have fun and catch fish all night and well i have spent a night out there before when there was no swell and it was actually really nice and i caught heaps of fish like hand over fist but the difference was it was real swelly and rolly that night and the other thing was we had some fuel vapors because oh. we chucked some we planned on going a lot further so we brought some jerry cans and we refilled when we got out there, so there was fuel vapors and all the ingredients for disaster. Yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> um, I just remember we're like, oh, we'll, we'll get these jerry cans off the deck, so we mm. have room. So we'll just chuck the fuel into the tank, and yep, that's when it went down. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's a good way to finish the show on uh, absolute misery and disaster. <laughs> all right, Adrian. I reckon that's about all we've got for today. How about we wrap it up and uh, we'll be back in a week's time with another podcast. Yeah, well, it's the long weekend, so we'll probably get it done anyway, the next podcast. But, um, yeah, I look forward to telling you about how I go in my own tea tree snapper competition. It's going to be great. Let's hope for greatness this week, Adrian. Oh, yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Let's be positive. Yep. All right. See you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.